Welcome to Life in the Fit Lane, a podcast about how regular people, young and old, can easily reclaim their health, lose weight, and get stronger. My name is Jeff, and with me is Morgan, a certified personal trainer and primal health coach. What we hope to do is provide information based upon our own experience with weight loss and fitness to inspire and help others do the same. Remember, we are not doctors, and this is not medical advice. It's just entertainment and informational use only. How's it going, Morgan? Pretty good. I'm excited to get in what we have to have planned for today. I've, I've got a lot, a lot of notes. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a while since we've been together. We had a, you know, life, life throws you curveballs from time to time. And we had a major breaking ball that we had to hit and it's taken us out of commission for a few months, but we are back. We are. I'm happy. It feels good. I know it does. And we'll, I'll, I'll address our uh, time off in, in upcoming episodes, but but right now, we've got an interesting one for you. Now, if you've heard our first episode, which was way back in, like, what, March? Well, we'll or we might have to call this season two. <laughs> <laughs> our, our first few episodes basically covered how we got into this. We, we, we both went through some health challenges and got into our health and taking care of ourselves. I was able to lose... Gosh, it's it's up to I think eighty pounds now, starting in twenty fourteen, awesome. and I've maintained that this entire time. And um, I was able to get off of blood pressure medicine, medication I was taking for gout, depression, all that stuff. I was able to eliminate, and that is a huge plus, especially once you reach my age. And you basically have gotten your fitness certifications and teach what yoga? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know. Mine was a little different than yours, not so much a uh, weight loss journey, um, more of just repairing my relationship with food and trying to make the best choices for my body so I can feel good and do the things that I need to do. So I think we've both kind of had different journeys, but um, also have inspired each other to stay motivated. So that's kind of what started this all. Yeah, definitely different journeys, but they they still overlap and intertwine with each other. And so, you know, go back to, I think we were able to do four episodes, five episodes, maybe before the bottom fell out and we had to stop for a while, but you can go back and listen to those and I'll probably end up re-releasing those. So they're more refreshed in people's, um, in, 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 you know, in the list, in the podcast list, wherever people find their podcasts. So those are still up there for you to listen to, but today... We're going to talk about an interesting story that was circulated last week from the Washington Post. And this is a crazy, well, it's actually not crazy, um, but it's, inter- it's interesting to me that the Washington Post was the one to break it because they're usually part of the problem. But a story was circulating that the food industry is paying off uh, social media influencers and dietitians to promote diet soda, sugar, ice cream, candy, things like that. Yeah, it's really like you said it's it's not that crazy if you think about it and how the way our world works. But reading through this article was so interesting to me, um especially because I'm a 
a frequent um, TikToker. I use TikTok more than I would. I feel comfortable admitting, <laughs> but um, does. <laughs> which you know is how they can do marketing things such as this. But I mean, the amount of dietitians and health influencers, you know, fitness influencers, people trying to, you know, supposedly help you make better choices. Those are, those are all on my for you page. I mean, I, I love to go to the gym. So I I follow a lot of fitness influencers. Um, So reading this article was really interesting because it, you know, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Basically the article, like you said, it's paying dietitians to do, you know, marketing for various food and beverage industries. And you see that all over TikTok, you know, you see, you know, one nutritionist saying, you know, this is a really good supplement I use, or this is a really good brand I use, you should use it. And that is very clearly, you know, an ad paid for sponsored. Um, you know, you can tell that they are trying to sell something to you. Um, but what was interesting about this article is that, um, you know, it got into whenever the World Health Organization came out with um, if aspartame you know, was potentially harmful or not. And then all of these um, nutrition influencers on social media started releasing videos that are like hashtag safety of aspartame, aspartame is safe, you know, saying that it's low quality science from the World Health Organization and it's not enough evidence. But then if you go in to where these videos are coming from, it's they're sponsored ads by the American Beverage. Um, is it Association? Yeah, it's, it's American just Beverage American, Association. I think it's called American I think Beverage. It's which is just a trade group. This is the way that the actual companies, you know, the big soda companies, um, I don't have to say their names, but everybody knows who they are. Yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of their way to do, I don't know if it's a legal thing or if it's a uh, just a, keeping appearances things so they can have plausible deniability and say, well, we didn't pay anybody. Um, a lot of these companies use their trade groups for lobbying, for marketing, for all sorts of things. It kind of just takes it a step away from the actual company. Um, that That's how that, again, that's probably just for appearances because most people aren't going to dig deep enough to, to see who American beverage is. Um, but yeah, and it was interesting to me that this was the uh, this was the the big one that broke the story because the dangers of aspartame have been around as long as aspartame itself has been around. I remember when I was, I don't know, probably right before I was a teenager. That's kind of when diet sodas first appeared on the market, and that's when the the little pink packets first appeared to the public. And it was a thing way back then. You know, we're talking like forty years ago. Um. So it's interesting to me that the World Health Organization kind of refreshed that that uh, those dangers and and got this going. But yeah, there's these uh, these TikTokers and Instagrammers that and they have millions of viewers. This first one that they show has 2.2 million followers on TikTok. TikTok, TikTok. I'll try not to. You're say from that. Brooklyn. Try not to say <laughs> their name. 
Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, we're talking, you know, 2.2 million followers is that's how many people watch, you know, your evening news on TV. Um, that's a lot of people. It's a ton of people. Um, a lot and, of people who maybe probably don't have a, a background in nutrition or health or fitness. So they, you know, social media and the news is a lot of ways that those people make opinions on these things. Yeah. And it's, you know, you have to figure that a good portion of this person's followers or any of them. I mean, I know that a lot of followers on social media are, are bots and they're not real or they might not be ever yeah. online. They might not ever see this, but there is probably a good portion of the followers that check in every day to see what these, what these influencers have. I know, I know the fitness people that I follow and thankfully none, none of them appeared on this list. Um, yeah. But, you know, I check in with them every day and, you know, some of them have podcasts that I, that I listen to. And I've, as an aside, I have kind of noticed a couple of them over the years. Cause I've been, I've been following these people for five, six, seven years now. And I have noticed a few of them do kind of drop off and suddenly change course and, and start telling you that certain things are suddenly good for them. And it's always, it's always kind of raised my, I'm like, okay, why are they suddenly changing their mind on that? And it could be yeah. something as well. You know, I just feel like eating donuts again, or, you know, it could be something more nefarious like this. And, you know, this is, this is to me, I mean, again, it, it's not new for these companies to pay people off for their messaging. I mean, we all know what happened with the sugar industry back in the fifties and sixties. All you have to do is read uh, Nina Teicholz's book, Big Fat Surprise. And that tells the story really, really yeah. well about how the sugar industry basically paid off doctors to put the blame on, on saturated fat for heart disease rather than sugar and junk food and processed sugar. food. Um, yep. But here we're, you know, it's, it's still going on. They just, I guess they figured out that it doesn't make any sense to pay doctors. Uh, we'll pay these, these influencers that, you know, young people and, and adults alike are, are spending a ton of time watching and listening to it. Yeah. A ton. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 25 and I use TikTok a bunch. So, you know, you got to think of, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers where their phone is much more important to them than, you know, as you get older. But so they're probably spending a lot of time and that is a very influential, you know, time of development and spending a bunch of time on TikTok and Instagram and, you know, seeing maybe some of these videos come across it, it's probably a little confusing. And then it's, it was also interesting to me because so the um, Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is who oversees registered dietitians, you know, some of these people that are making videos um, and, you know, there's a code of ethics that they have to follow. And, um, dietitians um, should disclose any conflicts of interests or um, not accept any gifts that would sway their judgment. Um, basically saying like, if you're doing an ad for something or whatever, you know, you have to state that it's an ad, this is a paid sponsorship, da, 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 da. But a lot of these videos that we're seeing um, in that article, especially, uh, were sponsored, like I said, by the American Beverage, but no one in these TikToks is really saying, like, they're they're sneaking it in there. Like, one of them I'm looking at in the article right now 
it's um, well, I guess even that first one that you're talking about the it's a whole paragraph about how aspartame can be safe. And it's this lady talking about it, pouring herself a diet Coke or whatever diet soda is drinking. It says nothing about it being an ad, but the, the caption is hashtag ad in lowercase. And then says nothing else about how, where this is sponsored from what the video is coming from. And if you scroll down in the article and look at the other video that it shows, it says nothing about it being an ad at all. And then in the middle of the caption in parentheses, it just says ad, like right in the middle of the caption. So you maybe wouldn't see it, but that's interesting to me that it's not being advertised as being an ad, whereas most other advertisements, they tag the company that they're using. You know, this is a protein powder I really like to use. I'm going to tag the company. I'm going to, this is a paid sponsorship. Da, 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 da. It's like very in your face about it. And then some of these videos are like trying to hide that it's an ad. Um, yeah, that's the disturbing because it's one thing to to make your post and maybe you're of the opinion that, you know, aspartame is fine or sugar is fine. or That's your opinion. Fine. That's yeah. Right. And, you know, even the the nutrition people that I do follow, they don't they, they don't agree hundred percent on everything anyway. So that it's all their opinion. Absolutely. Um, yes. And, and, you know, with this particular argument, the aspartame, that's something that even some of the folks that I follow and, and respect, they're not really on board with how harmful it is. You know, I've, I've kind of heard that you really, really have to ingest a lot of aspartame to, to trigger. Yeah, the I read that too. That, that these, that, that it gives you. So, and, and I don't know, you know, I, I, yeah. I still use, you know, the, the stuff that comes in the yellow pack. I'm not going to say any names, but you know, you got your pink, your blue and your <laughs> yellow. I still use the yellow. I try to cut it yeah. down. Um, I don't drink any diet sodas anymore. You know, to me that the aspartame is the least harmful ingredient of a soda. Oh yeah. But, but then it also goes into like how there's a lot of short-term studies on aspartame and how it's been constantly proven that it's safe, but there's no long, I mean, then there's no long-term studies. So that's, you know, maybe where it could be harmful and we just aren't seeing the effects of it yet. Well, exactly. Um, and and it just speaks to the larger problem of whatever the substance is that the industry that that manufactures that substance is able to use these methods of of you know reaching people and more or less trying to fool them into thinking that their product is is safe or not um yeah you know whether it's whether it's aspartame whether it's sugar whether it's seed oils you know these these companies yeah. make a ton of money if you ever see that graphic that shows you the the five or six corporations that control all the food in this nation you know it's it's insane how if you think about how many people there are not even this this nation just worldwide how many people there are eating those products you know those companies are making hundreds of billions of dollars and tons of money yeah and they're, they're all connected right and they just throw a little bit to some influencers maybe some doctors you know i do a lot of a lot of um medical conferences in my line of work and doctors have to disclose on their first slide their conflicts of interest so if they're going to talk about something they have to say whether or not they take money from a pharma company from an organization 
Yeah. And that that's always the first slide of the presentation. So the fact Which that it, these, it should be it should that be. way, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we see these companies, you know, going, taking the pharma companies, for instance, they're, they're well known for quote unquote paying off doctors. They don't always do yeah. it with a pile of cash, but you know, a few years ago, there was a big scandal where the pharma companies were taking doctors to like Vegas for parties and hookers and, you know, partying and, and having a good time. And, you know, they do things like that. The, the big vacations, people that are pharma reps, you know, they, they have tons of stories about how they reach certain goals and they get a, you know, a cruise or a trip to the Bahamas or, or whatever. This is all, it's all the same thing really. But yeah, this, this is kind of a more direct nefarious method of marketing to me anyway. It is because some people who, you know, are just scrolling through TikTok mindlessly or Instagram mindlessly probably aren't even, I mean, half the time I don't even read people's captions on Instagram or TikTok. I'm just watching the reel. So, you know, especially in some of these that I'm looking at on this article that say nothing in the video about it being a paid, paid ad. And it just seems like they're being genuine and you know, sitting on the couch with a cup of coffee and giving you the tea. But then you go into the caption and it's very, then you go into the caption and it says that it's an ad, but hidden in the middle of the caption, it's, you know, right. a lot of people aren't going to see that. So it just looks like, you know, there's this, maybe this dietitian that you follow um, and you see them on TikTok all the time and you listen to what they have to say. It's just seems like they're giving you good life advice and they're being genuine whenever really they're being paid and it's maybe not your best health interests in mind as some people might think it is, which I think is slightly um, a little dangerous, especially some of these videos that I'm the one that really stuck out to me on this article uh, I don't know if you watched this one, but it's the like headliner is three ways this registered dietitian cuts sugar. And then it, it's like a, it's supposed to be like a silly video, but it's, that's the headline. And then it goes into her cutting a donut and it says with my knife and yes. then it's her breaking yeah, a cookie the, the and it's example. with my hands. And then it's, and I just, <laughs> Well, and then to me, I that just, just think that's... that just tells me right there that that that's not a serious dietitian anyway. Because okay, aspartame is one thing; the the jury's kind of still out. But yeah. donuts and candy and things like that. I mean, everyone knows they're bad for you. Whether or not they care is another thing. Just yeah, the idea that a dietitian is on there, like the one that said uh, Halloween's coming up. Don't don't restrict oh my your God. kids with candy and yes make halloween less stressful by allowing kids to eat as much candy as they want right that you're going to give a 4 year a 5 year old a big maybe pound bag of candy and be like and just say, go, go at it we'll just see what happens and you know you don't that want your kid is... to not be able to do anything but you also don't give them the whole pile to just keep in the room and and go to town on that I mean, I just feel like that's the responsible thing to do. Like there, the other, um, there was another one in here that it was like, um, stop bribing your kids to eat dinner with dessert, and and it's this lady with like a small 
a plate of food for probably a toddler and there's like little bits of different things on there, but she's putting a lollipop on it and that, and it's, she's saying that is preventing a sweet obsession with your kid, which I just, that one really blew my mind because that is actually doing the exact opposite. <laughs> I, I don't think that you should as at a super young age, like have a bunch of restrictions on food, but you can't give your kid a lollipop with dinner and say that you're helping um, their obsession with sweets. That that's like that's training their brain to expect some sort of intake of sugar for every meal. Well, not only that, and that is not training them to not be obsessed with sweets. That's just fueling an addiction. <laughs> when when everything is on the plate together. Or not, not together, but you know, every, everything's right in front of you. The natural, yeah. the natural thing that people want to do. I know I did. Whenever you know, we'd get the cafeteria tray at school or whatever, and the, the dessert would be in one little compartment. I would, I would eat that yeah. first. I just ate it first, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, most most and six then- seven year old kids don't have the the mental capacity to say, well, I need to eat my, my good food first. And, and then I can no, they're gonna be like treat. broccoli or a brownie. Obviously right. I'm going to eat the brownie first and then say that I'm full. <laughs> exactly. Um, I just, back I thought the, that was really interesting. Getting back to the influencer yeah. with the donut and the cookies and the, the best way to cut sugar. That one was actually funded by the Canadian sugar Institute. So that that's just right in your face. Which, hey, we can, I, I'm going to make sugar. Uh, I'm going to read the I'm going to read the caption for that one because that one was so crazy to me especially now that you say that it was I mean all of these ones we're using as, as an example are funded by some sort of beverage food yada yada but you said it was the Canadian Sugar Institute so you yeah. said Yep. Okay, yeah, the the caption to this this is the lady that is three ways this registered dietitian cuts sugar and it's with a knife, with my hands, and with my teeth. Um, sugar has been getting a bad rep for years, in parentheses, thanks diet culture. But villainizing sugar is the most surefire way to make you even more obsessed. We want what we can't have, right? And then it's in parentheses, add. And then it just goes on to be a normal caption again. Despite what we've been led to believe, sugar is not toxic and doesn't need to be voided at all costs. And I, well, the next one, what's actually worse than eating sugar is the guilt and stress we place upon ourselves when we do eat it, which I I do agree that restricting foods to a certain extent can only fuel an obsession more, but that is also where you have to make healthy adjustments. So you're not just saying it's okay to, you know, it's not toxic. Sugar is not toxic and you can have a donut and a cookie and yada, 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 because yes, you can have those things, but you cannot, you should not have those things under the blanket of security that it's not bad for you. Yeah, you should. And, and there are, there are healthier ways to, you know, not completely cut out sugar. You know, there's natural sugars that you can have that have health benefits that sugar doesn't. Well, and, and uh, like you're you know. kind of out on how harmful those are, but the best, especially with table sugar and sugar added to, to desserts, everyone knows that it's not good for you. The, there's the folks that say things like sugar has been getting a bad rap. Thanks. Diet, you know, I don't know what diet culture is, but 
sugar gets a bad rap because it's not good for you. And everybody just kind of knows that. Whether or not people want to follow that advice, that's up to them. And some people are able to just dabble in sugar and sweets and it doesn't affect them so much. Others have a trigger okay. that, you know, they we've talked about it before. They they have one yeah. dessert and they just go down the road and wake yeah. up a couple of years later, three, four hundred pounds. And that's not everybody can do that. Right. It's 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 an addiction. And to tell people that it's not, it's just a you know, the opinion of diet culture is really irresponsible to me. The best thing to do would be like, look, it is you, you you're 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 eating healthy, you're exercising, you're trying to lose weight. If you want to have a treat every now and then, you know, here's here's what I suggest or you know something like that. For sure. That. And just the And if you're someone if you're someone that needs yeah, not needs, but if you're someone that finds yourself craving those sweet treats more often as a dietitian, I think it's important to be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't go pick up, you know, donuts at your local do- donut shop, but here are some different options that you can do at home. Like you know, dark chocolate or like Greek yogurt with honey and fruit or Greek yogurt with like chocolate protein powder and peanut butter. Like there's, there's ways to feed that craving. And I, I feel like, I mean, I'm not a dietitian. I don't exactly know what they teach in, in schooling for that, but I feel like that's something as a dietitian or nutritionist that you should be giving people those options rather than saying, well, treat yourself. It's not bad for you. Even if the food companies weren't involved in this, I, it's it's obvious that they're 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 saying what people want to hear to generate more, yeah. you know, views, more clicks. You know, people don't want to hear try eating some dark chocolate with peanut butter. They want to hear eat all the donuts you want. And exactly. Which so is... now they can say, oh my gosh, this this dietitian I found is like eat all the donuts you want. This this is awesome. And then you know they're out with their friends and saying, you know, when they order the junk food and maybe their friends are like, you should be having that maybe, or, Oh no, 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 it's okay. I found this dietitian that says it's, it's fine. It's not harmful. And, you know, before you know it, you've got a country full of obese people that we currently have and exactly the health problems that come along with it. And, you know, we're seeing this not just with the food companies and saying that junk food's not bad, but now we're starting to see it with the, the acceptance crowd that says that being obese is not unhealthy and so on and so forth. And, you know, we know where that comes from as well. That's, that's not just something that people just came up with on their own. That's, that's a, that, that's a marketing in itself that trying to tell people, Hey, don't, don't listen to all these people who are trying to, you know, make, make you unhappy by keeping you in shape. Yeah. It's fine to be obese. It's not harmful. It's, and that's just such an irresponsible message to give to people. It is because I think there's a difference between being confident and body positive and supporting body positivity and just blatantly advertising that it's okay to be unhealthy and overweight. Um, and I don't think a lot of people know where that where that line is. No, they don't. Um, and you've got, I don't know where the the body positivity movement turned into um, actual doctors coming out and saying, well, the obesity is, is caused by gene genetics and not, not junk food. I mean, it's, no. it's the, the, I, yeah, that 
it's all just such an all-encompassing you know we we talked about it a little bit before we started recording about how the food companies and the pharma companies and the media and the government they all seem to almost be teaming up for this weird messaging to tell people you know eat what you want don't worry about how fat you get don't worry about health problems it's 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 all genetic it it has nothing to do with what you ingest and the conspiratorial minded people think that it's you know kind of a way to just keep people just you know, dumb and obese, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's all dollars and cents. I think, you know, processed crappy food is so cheap to produce and so cheap for it people is. to buy that they're just, they're just pressing the gas pedal down. They're like, you know, keep buying the junk food, keep buying the junk food. And just, and I, there's a ton of people that think that it's more expensive to eat healthy, which is, if you actually look at it is ridiculous. I see a lot of yeah. posts online, people complaining about inflation, which is real, but a lot of people like to post their uh, groceries and complain about how much they're spending on their groceries and they'll show their shopping cart and it's full of potato chips and snack cakes and cereals and yeah. just, you know, soda and junk. And that's like stuff that. that you'll burn through quicker. So you're, you I mean, yeah, you are quicker, spending yeah. more money. You buy a bag of Doritos, that's going to be gone in a day or two. No, nobody just has three Doritos and puts it back in the, in the closet. <laughs> yeah. That stuff. Th- then you're back at the store in a couple of days buying, you know, round two of all the, the crappy junk food. Whereas if you bought some whole food, some, some good meat, yep. some good vegetables and fruit, things that It'll don't have fill you up and last longer. It fills you up and last longer. Yeah. You know, I bought eggs at Aldi yesterday for a dollar 39. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm always guilty of knowing, not knowing how much stuff costs, but you know, we live out in the country. Sure, so you I can, are. I can get eggs from <laughs> just about anybody within a mile from me for two, three bucks a, do- a dozen. But yeah, if you're getting them yeah. for less than two bucks at, at Aldi, you know, there's no, there's no better food you can put in your body. And you know, you can even yeah. do some desserts with eggs. And you can, you can do a lot of things with eggs. Yeah. And, and not have a, super unhealthy dessert you can there's you know recipes online that you can do very low carb desserts with eggs and a little bit of honey you know maybe some vanilla extract and um, and just kind of make yourself some custard or pudding or or whatever yeah you can make chaffles with eggs just egg and cheese and that can be like bread for a sandwich you can do a whole bunch of stuff with, with eggs i used to I was really on the chaffle train last year. I like that was all I ate was chaffles. No, going back to, you know, how all of these things are tied together. Told you I was kind of just snooping around other articles and I got into an article by Dr. Hyman. So he's a physician. I think pretty sure you know who he is, but he's a physician. He's the author of, yeah, Eat Fat, Get Thin, an article about the toxic triad talking about how big food, big pharma, and big farming are all connected and intertwined and fund each other and, you know, how big food has policies that encourage big farming to overproduce corn and soy products so that it's easier and cheaper to make, you know, all of these foods with corn syrup and soy and all of these icky ingredients for super cheap and you know that's that's profiting farming that's profiting food and results that's most likely profiting 
big pharma because pharmaceutical industry also have tons of money in the food industry and the FDA, which means that they also have a say in food and drug policies and will continue to profit from whatever those policies are. You know, they're yeah, they're all it's real interesting to look at like why is go ahead. I was going to say, it's real interesting to look at the FDA and when people leave the FDA, how they magically get jobs for the food lobby <laughs> or, or yeah. the companies themselves. It's, it's, it's always interesting to see that back and forth like, and how, how, how do you network over there? That has to be <laughs> exactly. And for sure. Like why, why is Coca-Cola sponsoring the American dietetic situation right. or association, not, not situation yeah, the, and uh, the American heart association? Go to the the, the Diabetes Association website and you see all the sponsors that they have and and then you see what they recommend the diabetics eat and it's and it's then it's literally insane. companies that make you diabetic. Right. <laughs> like they they're all intertwined. It just oh, it really it really blows my mind because then it's <sighs> Yeah, and you really have to it's it seems like I it's mean, defeating. You have to get your information from a ton of different sources. You know, there's lots of really good nutrition and fitness influencers out there that don't take money from anybody. A lot of them do sell their own supplements. Um, you know, people have to make a living and, and you just have to kind of wade through that and decide if you even need supplements. They're, they're all kind of in lockstep about processed food and how, how bad it is for you. And People just have to, it's just the same thing as reading a label on, on your food. I mean, on the front of it, it might say no sugar, no sugar added or sugar free, but then you turn it over and it's got like four different kinds of sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. But people you, you, don't know what words to look for. So right. they're, oh, wow, this is, that's cool. I can eat cereal without harming my health. Right. And it's you know, not, you can it's not really say, true. You can kind of say anything you want on the front of a package. But they do have to actually list the ingredients and stuff on the back. Yeah, and and even especially like in America, though ours ours are a lot. What our regulations with that are a lot more loose. They are a lot so more loose. Don't. And if you follow an Instagram account called the the Food Babe, I think I'll find out the name and, and post. She's really good about posting Ooh, because they they sell I think I do versions. follow her. Yeah, they post different yes. versions of of I know who you're talking about of foods in in the United States that they do in Europe or elsewhere. And she'll post the different ingredients yes. and something that, yeah, I've got one, you know, still kind of junk food, but one. the list of ingredients in the United States is like three times longer than, than what the European version is. It's, it's really crazy. Uh, yeah. If you, I've, I just pulled her Instagram up and even just like in things that are not food, <laughs> but if you go in, it's like the American version is like, a long paragraph of mostly words that you can't pronounce and don't know what they are. And then the non-American version where wherever she's pulling it from, it's like maybe five, five ingredients of things that you can pronounce and know what they are. Um, that's, it's interesting you say that too. Cause I, I, my, uh, videos on TikTok have been a lot about people moving to Europe and how much their uh, 
health has changed, like how they're able to eat a wider variety of foods because the ingredients are different and like they're not having as much indigestion and bloating. The grain is different over there. We use different grain over here. And that's why so many people have, um, what's the, the gluten issues. Celiac or gluten. Yeah gluten allergies and then I mean, they go over to you know different countries and they're able to eat like bread and stuff over there because right. it's completely different ingredients that isn't you know mostly poison right right and they don't have the uh the glyphosate issue over there that we do here yeah it's 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 a completely different different thing over there than it is over here now you are seeing worldwide as as the different fast food companies kind of you know, they, they expand around the world and our diet is expanding more around the world. You do kind of see that taking hold, not so much in Europe, but in some other countries where, you know, people are, oh, wow, they got a KFC now. They can, you know, eat, eat fried chicken yeah, three times a week. So you're, you're seeing the effects of that. Um, but here in America, where it's been going on for 40, 50 years, at least, we're definitely seeing the results of you know, I, I have talked about this before when I was little, it's not that we never ate fast food or pizza or anything like that, but we didn't do it every day. And even dessert, if I remember correctly, it was more of a weekend thing. And dinner Monday through Thursday was just a home cooked meal. Um, Friday, maybe we went out to eat somewhere and we had a big family and not a lot of money. So going out to eat for, a family of, of seven people. Sometimes it was, you know, long John Silver's or a place like that. Even that was every now and then, or, or we got pizza and we, back then you couldn't get pizza delivered. You had to actually go to the pizza place. Um, and that was the only time we got soda, that would be... by the way. That was the only time we got soda huh. when I was a kid was when we had pizza because soda was kind of expensive when I was a kid, yeah. you know, it came in glass bottles. It was, you only got, you didn't get all you could drink at a restaurant. You got a soda. Yeah, that was another thing that was in this uh, Mark Hyman article, and it's it talks about how scientists are suggesting that we should tax sugar higher because, you know, on like sweetened beverages and you know uh, prepackaged foods, because that would, I would take away some of the convenience of it. I mean, you go, you go to any any restaurant and you get a soft drink, and it's free refills. You know, it's it's just it's cheap and it's become so much easier to consume. And if it were taxed higher, it wouldn't be as accessible to some people, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, I reading, reading the initial article we were talking about, which we'll link all of these articles that we're talking about. Um, so you guys can go look at them yourself. I've just got them pulled up and I'm reading and talking but if you're if you go into the original article that we were talking about again going back to what we're talking about with with sodas and restaurants and and gas stations now like nobody goes to a gas station and just gets gas and leaves they go inside they get a soda you know gotta get a little drink maybe a snack yeah there's every every soda now is more a junk food store that just happens to sell gasoline yeah. I and, mean, what in right. high school, that was the thing people would, you would stop at quick trip before you got to school. Everybody would show up to school with a 32 ounce of whatever, <laughs> but that was like, 
the thing to do. And I still think it is. And I think that is kind of definitely programmed into some people's brain. Like you go to the gas station, you get a drink. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just pump your gas and leave anymore. And all of that, I mean, we see, you know, if you go outside of a a Walmart, there's a line of soda machines that Mm -hmm. cans of soda only cost like 50 cents. Yeah. And cheap. You know, everybody's always got a beverage at all times now, and it's very often not water. <laughs> it's it's something that's more harmful than that. People just feel like they it's it's the sugar addiction, the the constant taste of something sweet. Definitely, it becomes more of a. I mean, I I am a guilty beverage beverage gal. I mean, it's mostly like coffee and water, but I I do I understand where people. F- feel like they want to have like something to taste um which is a you know an own problem in itself but that is you know how some people's brain works and that's you know gas stations convenience stores yada yada are it only feeds into that and how it's you know on the corner of every you know driving to work i pass probably five gas stations you know they're it's same with fast food it's just become so much more cheaper so much more accessible which reminds me of what i was about to say earlier going into the article that we were initially talking about um there was a dietitian talking about how she mostly works with impoverished families and people who struggle to put food on the table right and how Yeah. And how, so she is someone that really believes in like processed packaged foods because it's cheaper for those families. But there's, I just think there's, there's, yes. Yeah. I I, I don't buy into suggestions that that you can give, you know, there's different suggestions that you, you know, how rice is cheap. You know, you can, vegetables are pretty cheap. Um, especially depending on what grocery store you go to, like, Maybe not at like Walmart or Target, but if you go to like your local grocery store, we have one here. It's called Checkers, but you know, where every town has like a local, not uh, like big name grocery store. And most of the time, produce there is pretty freaking cheap. The one place they do um, kind of have with- a, a point with that is the the areas that just don't have grocery stores. And and we For all know, sure. you know, your your inner cities. A lot of times, you gotta you gotta work harder to find groceries. But yes. those places usually have a, like a Dollar General, and I'm no fan of Dollar General, but I know they sell eggs and cheese. Yeah, you're not gonna get fresh produce there. You're not gonna get meat. You know, might be able to get lunch meat, deli meat, or something. Probably not the highest quality, but I know you can get eggs there, and not that people should go to the eggs free or the eggs only diet, but you know, if you start mixing them in, you're going to eat less of the other stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, that's if you're fueling your body with, you know, the nutrients that it needs, you need to eat less. I mean, that's like if you're going to the gym a lot and eating a whole bunch of protein, you feel more full and you don't feel like you need to eat as much. So that's, you know, where those and that's where a lot of these are. people are going to have to start there. It's not like, it's not like people that are living on processed junk food are going to turn it all around tomorrow and start, yes. you know, eating lean meats and, and vegetables, but you, you they, the, they're getting the wrong messaging. They're getting the messaging that they don't have any choice, that all they can do is 
eat this food and don't worry about it. It's not yeah. bad for you. And yeah, that's, that's the messaging they're getting. So instead of, of working in some healthy food or, you know, lessening how much soda they drink or how yeah. many times or like they, making substitutes here and there. Yeah. They're, they're not doing that at all because everybody's telling them that one, it's not their, it's not the, the food's fault. And two, they, they're going to end up spending a ton of money and, and, you know, telling people that they don't have any other choice, but to eat this horrible processed food. And that's, that's just, that's just wrong. And it causes way more harm than it does good. And there's just no good messaging that these people are getting. And, you know, a lot of them aren't going to sit down and listen to a podcast either. I mean, we need to be honest that they're not going to, Hey, how can I make some changes? I should start digging. No, they're not. They're typically busy. They're working a couple of jobs. Maybe they're taking care of kids. And they're just getting any messages they they can, which normally is going to come from, you know, either the government or the media, or in this case, social media. And that's where media influencers are really dropping the ball because they've got a chance to reach people and maybe make a difference. And you know, they're they're taking the money instead. Exactly. It's like it's it's situations like these, like people essentially have to put their health in their own hands, but the most convenient way to do that is through social media and self-research. So if you're seeing a bunch of these, you know, health influencers, nutritionists pop up on your for you page all the time and you've like watched a bunch of their videos, they might probably they probably seem pretty reputable. It's I mean, it's it's hard to pick and choose who you can believe if you're just like scrolling through every day so yeah i mean that is where a lot of people get their information a lot of where a lot of people get their news from and most of them are not going to take the time to read through the caption see that it's an ad you know see if that's a reputable source if it's something that's you know backed by science if it's something that makes sense most people are not going to do that you know that's the average the average bill is just going to watch the video and keep scrolling, but they might, you know, that might make an impression on them. So yeah, I mean, you're right. That is where they're dropping the ball because so, you know, TikTok is such a huge platform that reaches so many different people, you know, people that might not normally try to research things about being healthier. So if that's reaching their for you page, that's huge. But then if it's reaching their for you page with the wrong information, yeah, it's just that, causing more harm you know, at that point. That's really harmful. And yeah. a good rule of thumb that I I have always kind of used on social media is that if you start seeing the same message pop up from a bunch of different people and in sometimes the exact same wording, then something is afoot. You know, they're <laughs> they're following a and I I used to work in news years and years ago. And it was a smaller town. There wasn't a lot of news happening. So a lot of what we put on the air was actually press releases that we would rewrite and turn into news stories. And that practice still goes on. And you see it. It's so easy to see when you're, when you're reading a news story or you see something on TV and it's basically an advertisement for something. And that's what all that is, is some PR company has sent out news releases to thousands of different media outlets and they just rewrite it and turn it into a news story. And you see it now on social media with 
you know, any topic really. And when you start looking at them all one after another, you see that they're using the same actual words and verbiage and phrases. And that's because it's coming yeah. from a PR company at that point. And yeah, it's paying so, someone to do an ad and saying you have to say these words for exactly. you know and it you to, see it, it to count. You see it a ton with uh you know CNN and the New York Times, just two of that I think of right away that that do it all the time. And it's just so obvious that they're just re- rewriting a press release. But if you're following all these influencers and suddenly they all have the same opinion about something that seems like they shouldn't have the same opinion on, that's a clue right there. Maybe you're not getting yep. maybe you're not getting the truth out of them. I've noticed mm-hmm. just now these are people that they're they're not they don't have millions of followers, but they're they're the kind they're the they're they're the accounts where the dudes usually don't have a shirt on, which I don't necessarily fault them for, but a lot of people do. But <laughs> the the new thing for a lot of those accounts now is natural ice cream. Like for out of the blue, they all just started promoting natural ice cream. Yeah, with that with that one machine. Um yeah, the little Cuisinart machine. You know um, what I'm talking about? Yeah, that makes yeah. you can make all sorts of different protein ice creams. Right, right. And you know, they can because they're working out 10 hours a day and they're also following healthy diets and and they're taking care yeah. of themselves. Mm-hmm. What I'm afraid of is and, and you know, even if you go buy ice cream at the store, you can buy ice cream that's only got four ingredients and is going to be much healthier for you than the ice cream that's got yeah. a whole paragraph of words you can't pronounce. You you can eat definitely a quote unquote There's some ice cream. Decent ice ice cream choices. But for my sure. my fear with with those posts is that people are looking at it and all they see is ice cream is healthy. Yep. Yeah. Say I mean it goes right back to that. that. And it's just interesting to me that they all just suddenly started posting that in the last couple of weeks. I agree. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of healthy ice creams, but the, I mean, that that goes right back to that video of three ways to cut sugar with my knife, my hands and my teeth that it's just, that is such, it's really just harmful advertising to, to say, to say that those things are not bad for you. There yeah. there's, there's ways that you can make them less bad for you. There's ways that you can, you know, eat certain things in moderation, but just to blanket statement, say that you should never try to cut sugar out because it's not toxic. And here's what I eat. It's just, that's, that's crazy to me. Yeah. And the best thing to do for people is to just do a little research about what sugar does to you, uh, taking obesity out of it, just the initial bodily functions of intaking sugar and, and, and how that affects your body and then just make your decision from there. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie. You know, I had a little bit of sugar today, a little bit, that's it. (laughs) And yeah, I won't have any more the rest of the day, but I, I know at this point of my, my, my health journey, I, I know what it does to me. I know what too much of it does to me. I know how it makes me feel. I, you know, the, the almost 300 pound me would have had a completely different opinion on that and been completely ignorant of what it's doing to me for one thing. And yeah, having a, a just a 
flat out addiction to it on another thing, I would have been ingesting way more on a daily basis than, than I should. And it just comes down to that. Okay. Maybe, you know, maybe sugar in itself isn't, and we know it's toxic, but you know, maybe you don't need to cut out all of it, but you really do need to know what it does to your body. And yeah. And and the only way to do that is the only way to do that is to kind of just, you know, experiment with yourself. I mean, like a year ago, I haven't, I'm definitely moderating sugar, but a year ago I, you know, wasn't doing any sugar at all. And then any sugar you ingest after that, it's like you're giving yourself food poisoning. So it's, it's just, it's interesting how when it's in our, this is something that we could definitely do a whole podcast hour on, but so I won't go on a huge tangent, but when it's in our bodies a little bit every day, you don't really realize the effects of it as much unless you're eating mass quantities of it. Um, but then whenever it's like out of your body and you try to incorporate it again, it's, it's, I mean, it, it is a, it is toxin. It's, it's an inflammatory. It's, <laughs> it's, right. it's very and, interesting what it does to your body. And most people don't realize that because it's such a staple. It's such in a staple. It's diet. in everything. It's in if everything. If you're going the dessert route, you're getting more of it in one, you know, donut or one ice cream cone or one dessert than you need really for the week at this point. They're they just pump everything so full of sugar and it's so sweet. And that that, you know, it changes your taste buds. You know, like you said, when you go without yes. sugar for a while, your taste buds change and things change. that didn't... you can like taste the differences of apples. Yeah. Like it doesn't and, all just taste sweet. And with, with sugar just being, like you said, a staple just in everything, you know, stuff that you would never think that has exactly. sugar, needs sugar, or would be in that food is in that food. And that, that just keeps yeah. the addiction going. And then, you know, before you know it, you've, you've knocked back a half dozen of donuts and, you know, you're sitting on the sofa going, oh God, why did I do that? Yeah. And none of this is to say that people can't have you know a sweet treat like you said you you know you just have to go in a little piece of cake yesterday yeah you just have to go in knowing the deal what it's doing to you yeah and and i just think yeah all of this is to say that there's we can't always take everything on social media at face value and there's there's a lot of harm in trying to advertise to people the safeties of certain ingredients that we no are dangerous to us and can cause plenty of health issues if not you know eaten in moderation so. yeah and if you're online and you see doctors and nutritionists and fitness people that are just saying something that you really know in your mind is is not correct you know chances are they're doing it for a reason and that reason is probably if not a direct payment at least for the the views for the clicks for the exposure you know, people know yep. that if they say things that people want to hear or the complete opposite where they can start an argument, they're going to get, they're going to get, mm-hmm. uh, engagement. And yeah, you know, when, when you have dietitians talking about how you shouldn't avoid junk food, then you, you got to know something's up. All right. <sighs> That's about all I got. <laughs> um, Yeah. I'll, I'll end up just going on a tangent saying the same things again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, where can people find you? 
at thehealthy3.com. That is my website. And it also is linked to all of my social medias. And you can find me on Twitter or X, as we should call it now, at Better Off Strong. (laughs) And by the time this episode gets released, we're recording a couple of days in advance. I do plan to have a, a an account just for the podcast. I can't give the name out because I don't know what that would be yet, but I will <laughs> I will link to it from from my account. We'll we'll make sure that everybody knows how to find us because I do want to have a an account that's specific to this podcast. So yeah, first episode of season two. <laughs> there you go. Books. We, we 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 promise to be back next week. Yes. All right. Take care. We do. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys.